Hey, welcome to the Smart, Fabulous, and Single podcast. I'm your host, Trisha Ann. Today, I'm speaking with our expert about this week's topic. It's practical, it hits all the hard places, and offers tips and solutions to help us move to the next level. So, stick around for today's episode. And if you have any questions for our expert, email me at pod at sfswoman.com. Welcome back to Smart, Fabulous, and Single. I'm your host, Trisha Ann. This is part two of a discussion on Ask the Expert with Pastor Courtney Morrison. He's our expert for today on where the real man them day. You don't want to miss that. Um, hop on over to sfswoman.com slash listen to check out the show notes and resources. This is where my problem lied over the years and I wish I had somebody who could tell me because as much as you tell me say I'm a real man some of the bad attributes I reflect you know as we say I'm a work in progress and I'm happy that you are seeing all of my strengths my god if you were to one day some weakness you'd have said Papa Courtney are you not but the truth is do I get angry yes I do. do does God get angry of course he gets angry but he doesn't sin but we as men sometimes, and I love to point this out to people, you are not a human being because you sin. I want somebody to hear, you're not a human being because you sin. When God made human beings, they were without sin. So you, God never created a human being because he was sinful. As a matter of fact, he created him because he was sinless. Yes? You may be a human being who is sinning, but the truth is, every time you sin, you dehumanize yourself. You make yourself less than what you were created to be. And so it is for men. When we begin to exhibit attributes that are ungodly, I can't say you're dehumanizing yourself. You're, you're, you're demonifying yourself. Is there such a word? Can we write that down? <laughs> You are demonifying yourself. Wait, wait, Pastor Courtney. The people can't hear me laugh. Make me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So <laughs> I, I want us to find this. And, and, and I'm speaking to you and I'm speaking to myself. I do the program for Love 101 called Mailbox. And for the past eight years, I didn't even recognize it for so long. But I can tell you, in those eight years that I'm with the Mailbox, I have learned so much as a man because it's a process. It's a learning process and you're being developed daily. I, I love to say to my wife, you know, my 21st wedding anniversary was the most special of all. There were times of frustration where I felt and where she felt, hey, yeah, this wonderful couple that you say that we should probably split. If we had, and, and we don't recognize that, if we had not stayed together, we wouldn't have seen the 21 years. Somebody need to hear this. Don't think your marriage is not ordained because you're going through a difficult time and the man will be a warm time. Ask Adam and Eve if you want to know any marriage that you know was ordained, was Adam and Eve. Did they have a difficulty? While Adam and God and Eve gone about her business and she was supposed to be there helping him and she gone window shopping. But Adam loved her so much. And this is my this is my theory on the thing. This is my postulation on the whole thing. And this is why Jesus made himself into the last Adam and is referred to as this. That when Eve ate the fruit, because I'm trying to figure out a scripture that says, 
for it was evil, sin, and not Adam. When I read that scripture, it boggles my mind. So I went back and I saw when Eve gave Adam and said, eat what Adam had for her. And this is why Christ, I believe, never destroyed them and caused them to go on and say grace. When Eve looked at Adam, he saw the gift that God gave him, which came from him himself. And his love for her said, woman, I will die for you, even if you are the last woman. And so he ate. And it was when he ate, both eyes were open. Adam gave his life. That's how I see the story. And so Jesus, therefore, called himself our husband. The church is bride. And so he died for us as Adam died for Eve. He took on himself sin, became sin, and died. And so the man, the real man, if he's in a relationship with a woman, if he's in a marriage situation, he must be willing, as the scripture said, and this is where I put it, he must be willing to give his life for that woman, stand for her, stand by her, help to make her the best, you know, she can be and want to be. He should be looking out for it. That is what Christ has done for us. And therefore, as husband, we must do. If we are a real man in that situation, that's what we must do. If we are men as a son, then we should be walking in obedience and reflecting his image, you know. And, and I must be about my father's business, still referring to the father, you know. But then father, husband, and son, that position of husband, our personal relationship with each other, which is what I believe God wanted from the beginning, love one another. We have to understand it. I really want to develop on the issue of husband, the issue of father, the issue of sonship, because they all appeal to who we are as man. And we must, therefore, use as our basis that man was created in his image and his likeness. Therefore, when we are not reflecting, if you don't leave with anything else, when we are not reflecting his image and his likeness, we are not being genuine, real men. And so for us to reflect his image, we have a manual. We have a manual. You hear what name? Man. You. All we want to know. You man who want to know all you want to know, we have a book. It's called the Bible. It's the word of God. And ladies, you study the man them. And if you don't see them, I reflect. The scripture, a leader must be gentle, not harsh, not given over to anger. And if he's not willing to do that, James 1 and I think verse 19 says, For the anger of man does not achieve the things of God. Let every man be quick to listen, slow to speak, it says. That's why God gave you two ears and one mouth, so you listen twice as much as you talk. Yes? And so another area I just want to touch is emotions. <laughs> oh, this one is an area I love. I'm not pretending me I love football. I'm not afraid to cry. I mean, even my wife, I'm watching a movie. 
and it is it gets to that tear jerking point, tears running down my face, and she would come and look around and she says, Is cry really crying? I say, Yeah. Man about like a real big man. You understand? St. John 11, verse 35. The King James Version said Jesus wept. The, the, the version according to Patwa actually said Jesus put on a piece of cobali. Here is something I want men to know and for women to recognize as well. Do not equate a man not speaking to him being non-emotive. His silence is reflecting his emotions. And for me, again, this for me now is, is, is really an area that I want to concentrate on. One, God made woman from men. And I don't believe he took all the emotions out of men and gave them to women. It therefore means that women have the range of emotion that a man has. And if you're putting that in an equation, emotions of women equal emotions of man. Therefore, whatever emotions a woman have, the man also has. And I want to even dare say a little more because you came out of us, so you might not have gotten the full range. The man, therefore, must recognize that over the years he has been taught, and this is part of the reason I'm talking about being teachable, he has been taught a wrong concept. A boy and a girl running down the road, the two of them trips and fall. And I've asked many women, what do you do? I decidedly asked women, what would you do? And so they said, I'd pick up the young girl, hush her. And some of them would say, remember, you know, no matter what the ball thing, you know, you're on board. Automatically, you are teaching young men to suppress the very emotion that they would have expressed. And one of the things I say to persons is this. It's one of the reasons why I believe our men are so angry. They continue to rub it in. Suck it up. Your man. Man, don't cry. And those emotions over the years continue to build up and build and build. And like any volcano, when that magma and that lava is being built under the surface, one day it's going to blow. And the lava that comes out is going to be as fierce as the male's anger. It's going to burn everything in its path. It's going to reap an avenue, streets, lane. It's going to have disaster, burning relationships, destroying relationships, hitting out at those who they have declared that they love because they have always suppressed it instead of emoting practically and outwards instead of internally. It is something that we need to look at. Tears, I don't believe God gave women tear glands and he, he refused to give men some. And that he made smaller tear glands in men than he gave to women. Not true. I, I'm, I'm almost sure that if we were to do the research, the tear glands of men are much larger than women. So what am I save them up for? The scripture says, God collects your tears in a vial in the book of Psalms. So when me born, I said, go on God, let me reach heaven, just show me what my buckle size look like, how much is in there. You understand? But in terms of emotion, so, but the men have a conflict. And so real men must come to a place of peace and understand these that I'm about to state. 
he's hearing that he's talking as much as a woman. He stops talking. He comes home and he can't speak to his wife. She wants him to listen to the things of the day. And she already has a concept that men don't talk much. So he goes out and plays domino till two o'clock in the morning, where he's playing with men who them just chat. Whoever believes that men don't talk, you give them a football match. You carry them to a trap meet. You put them around the domino table. You make them talk about music. They will not stop talking. So this issue about talking as much as women is, is real because women came out of men. Women talk as much as men. And men must recognize that it is not feminine to speak. Neither is it feminine to cry. Neither is it feminine to say how you are feeling. It is far more masculine than it is feminine because women came out of men. I don't know how many people are going to believe that. I don't know how many persons, but again, my manual is the word of God. And I am believing from the book of Genesis, which is where I'm taking all that I'm saying that man created in his likeness and his image. For you to be a real man, you must reflect his likeness and his image. And in that being true, therefore, man looking at how a woman behaves, he, he may think he has a bit more under control, but our men die earlier than our women because they keep the emotions pent up on the inside and explode. They, they internalize instead of actually doing and releasing as God would have them. A real man releases emotions. And I don't mean giving people a piece of your mind. I'm, I'm talking about coming to a place where you have peace. You don't, you don't give people a P-I-E-C-E -E of your mind. You must come to a place where you have P-E-A-C-E -E of mind. And that only happens when you emote effectively and controllably without the, the, the only emotion that men seem to, or let me not say the only, the, the emotion that men seem to place out there more than anything else is the one of anger and abuse, as I said earlier. You know, they molest our women, real men, do not molest. And, and and I say it that way again. And, and, and there are times that I, I believe that we're trying to get our men to behave correctly. I'm not sure if saying to them real men helps them because this egotistic pride may say to them, this year, this man, can't get tell me something a real man as opposed to, I'm saying to you, as a man, you just did something wrong. As a man, that's not the behavior you should come. Um, you should you should be portraying. As a man, this is not the route you are supposed to take. Because if you take this route, you are bringing disrepute to men. Yeah, you are bringing disrepute to men. And this is what we want to say to our men: when you act out of accordance with the manual, the word of God, you are acting out of alignment. I believe there's one, one more thing. So again, let me try to do a little recap firstly before, before I, I, I give my conclusion because where I want to conclude is that for us to develop as men the image of God, we have to stay in the word of God. We have to study the word of God. We have to be certain that the spirit of God is resident in us. And that when the Spirit of God speaks to us, that we become obedient.
to the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is not one who embarrasses, abuses, nor even if he becomes angry. It says he's not easily angered. So if our men are easily angered, you're not reflecting. It doesn't get, it doesn't say God doesn't get angry. He's not, love is not easily angered. So love can become angry too, but it is not easily angered. It is not puffed up. You know, if you want to look at the attributes of, in 1 Corinthians 13, it also speaks to us as men, how we should be kind, compassionate, caring. We should be able to endure all things, hope all things, be all things. Yeah, I know we look at it and all this love, but we must see the image of God be reflected through that. And if as men, we must reflect the image of God. Then these are specific attributes that we must reflect. Yes, those 14 things that I listed, honesty, responsibility, integrity, valor, character, caring, compassion, loving, being gentle, being faithful, forgiving, and teachable. And more than anything else, understand, therefore, that's when your leadership will look good. When your leadership looks, looks good, nobody wants to change you as a leader. The only time our woman gets very concerned is if your leadership look wrong. If they must see a lead good, they might just decide so all they want to drink is a glass of lemonade. Look at my man. Look at my man. <laughs> He's doing what? Oh, God, man, that is my man. She is comfortable. She is relaxed. She is pleased. But the word of God must be our guide. If we are not, therefore, in the word of God, we're not going to make it. Because the word of God, in being in the word of God, is going to bring us to only one place, a place of prayer. Being in constant communication with God. I don't know when our prayer warriors became women. You know? I really don't know when. Because every time I read scripture, prayer warriors were just exactly that. We don't, we don't necessarily put our, why do we take our women and put them on the front line? We don't do matter. And we stay at the back. Oh, oh, when that work, you go prayer meeting and appear a woman. What is that? It's the men, and, and, and I'm going to say it, and I don't care how sexist it sounds. It's the men's job. The women are just doing a good job. They're, they're, they're filling in the slack where we have missed it. I'm just speaking the truth. And while I'm speaking the truth, I'm speaking to me. Because as I said, we are being developed. We are under construction. It's a process. And so we don't have all 14 parishes surrendered. But we must recognize which ones are not surrendered. If, if deliverance is necessary, whatever we need to correct them. And I know I'm saying this, and boy, I wonder if my wife will listen. And she'll listen, you know, I'm going to go home, you know. They'll get tackled hard, you know. So we better put on some pads for, for brace for the hits. Yeah, because all of these are not exhibited. So you have to stay in the word of God because it will take you to the place of prayer. At the place of prayer as a man, Definitely, you can see how easy it is to be priest, how easy it is to be prophet, and then the other things will fall in line, protector and provider. You don't have to be rich. Let me say that again. You need to be honest. You don't need to be rich. You don't even need to be educated. Mind you, all of these things are excellent attributes. If you are rich and educated and you have all of this, oh God, man. Hey, Trisha, is a man like that you want? You, if you have all of this, you have everything going for you. And I hear the ladies in the house cheering. Oh, my God.
<laughs> but it's truth. And, you know, after speaking like this, I may have to go home and start apologizing and doing some stuff, you know. A real man is forgiving. A, a genuine man of God. And that's what I want to say. A man of God must recognize his shortcomings, his faults, and not be afraid to confess them and correct them. Not only confess, but repent and correct. And that's done by the Spirit of God. I feel like I just preach. <laughs> my, my dog has started barking. I don't understand him. It's like he, he must have heard the answer. It's true, Pastor Courtney. It's true. Um, for me, Pastor Courtney, I mean, it was, it was just so eye-opening, this whole discussion around woman coming out of man and therefore we really are reflecting men and when we as women teach our sons opposite to to the fact that we are a reflection we are saying to them no man um go sit down with that and and that's not okay you know and 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 that is where the challenge comes in but there's there is something that also struck me about what you said that truly a man should have all these attributes a man should really be demonstrating tangibly all of these different things. But what, how does a woman decide? Like the thing that I keep hearing is what you said, if he's teachable, what is that? If he's, if he, okay. So if he's not teachable, then we have to reconsider the, 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 the ball game, whether or not he's really supposed to be our center. You know what I mean? But um, if he's teachable, what does that mean? Like for me, I want to know, I don't know if there's a formula, right? I don't know if there's a formula, but like at what point in time do I give up? Or is it that I'm supposed to go with him and continue the game because he's teachable? You understand my question? Like, is I, there a, a you know? question, good question, right question. Hold on. What, how long should I wait? Why should I wait? And this is one of the reasons I, I said to my three daughters, Katrina, guys, not because he lifts his hands in church, cries, and profess God means that he is the right person. You must see God for yourself on the issue. Yeah? And yet not denying some of the things you are seeing because some of the things you are seeing, you may ignore to your detriment. And there are points where you may have to say to that gentleman, gentleman, I am not seeing what I had hoped for. And because you are not seeing what you had hoped for, then you are not sure how long you should wait. And in a place with God, talking with God, expecting and I'm not seeing materialization. I'm not seeing it coming to the fore. And therefore, I may decide, no, I hear what, let me back off. Because you may need to, even sometimes when we're dealing with situations, that even outside of a relationship, a job, sometimes we need to pull back and take our heart out of it and say, God, hear what, please download. I hope I wasn't paying more attention to him than I was paying attention to you. Because if you don't give me the go-ahead, 
I should not go ahead. I, I, I've told this story over and over, and I know if Kain is listening, I'm in trouble. Right? When I was deciding about a wife, there was a point where I believe Karen was too dogmatic, she was too stubborn, and ain't no way this is going to be my wife. That was my decision. So I decided to give God a test that he, God, would fail. You heard me correctly. I decided to give God a test that he, God, would fail. And I'm saying to a woman, and I want you to listen carefully, that don't be afraid to be Gideons for your husbands. Don't be afraid to be Gideons about your relationship when it comes on to men. My wife loves Julie Mangles. I mean, I don't know if she'd go as far as to kill, but she loves them very much. And I give you an example. Before we got married, we we're driving along Westminster Road and I heard Karen shout out, Courtney, stop the vehicle, stop the vehicle. Hearing a sound like that, I immediately pulled over because something is wrong. She flies the passenger door. She rushes and on someone's gatepost, there's a Julie Mango. She picks it up and runs back into the car and shuts the door and said, drive. And I said, Karen, go and put back the people at Mango. That's how much she loves Julie Mango. So I decided to give God a test that he would fail. I decided that I would pick her up and on the dashboard, I'd have the most beautiful, largest Julie Mango. And this is what I said to God. If she touches that Mango, if she asks for that Mango, she is not my wife. You hear the test, Maggie? God? This woman loved this thing. You know? If she touch, asks for the Mango, if she, not even just ask, you know, if she touch it, this cannot be my wife. And I drove Karen around for 45 minutes. We have a discussion. I'm reached back home with Karen. Karen got out of the car and said, bye. And I said to her, are you sure you don't want to go for another ride? Because in my mind, this lady is too strong for me and I, see, I foresee problems. And I decided to give God a test that he would fail. And Karen comes out of the car without asking or touching the man. Well, 20, as you can see, 29 years later, still married, right? And when we have our difficult times, there is something that we would say, remember the mango. And I tragically at times have said, look here, man, forget the mango story in my anger. But I have a wife who holds fast and say, we cannot ignore what God has said. Women don't feel afraid to be Gideons in finding out whether or not this man is a man or whether or not he's just displaying attributes to pull you to him. And then when you get into the relationship, he's not exhibiting any of what you saw before. I told my daughters that too. And just recently, last year, January, um, Crystal, my eldest daughter, was in the, in the kitchen and she, she had money to buy a car and I asked her, why don't you invest in a home or a house instead of a car? You can't live in a car. But you can't tell millennials that they can't live in a car. They believe they can. Right? So at that point in asking the question, in the question, down the stairs comes my second daughter, Candice. And she heard what I said. 
And she said, Daddy, you forgot that is you train us. You told us that no man can come in this house and take us out of this house unless he's giving you better than what I gave you. So we're going to buy the car because we're going to live here. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> and today they're still at the house. I may try to tell them I need to be in my house again where I can walk up and down naked with my wife. The, the truth is, you have to reflect the image of God. I, I'm not making it preacher, preacher, and scripture, scripture. I want to be as real as I can, too. And scripture is very real. But tonight, I just don't want to be preaching. I want to be telling you what is practical, yet it is scripturally founded. I, I would love the other session to be totally scriptural so that you can understand, even if you are not. Well, sometimes the Bible thing then already done. Hey, never you said that. Never you said that. And people, oh, that was for Bible days. I love to tell people when them tell me about that was for Bible days. I said the book of Revelation not complete yet. We are still in Bible days. Yeah, New Jerusalem not come down yet. So when I read Revelation 21, when I read chapter 21, I'm not even sure if we reach chapter 14 yet. So please remember that you're still in Bible days, therefore it still holds true. Never you try to find an argument to make the scripture irrelevant. It has to be man created in the image of God. Therefore, women, look for the image of God. If you're not seeing it reflected, especially if you're a woman of God as well, mark where, unless you get the reconstruction, unless you name Goma and him name Hosea. <laughs> mark where. Okay? And I use that scripture in church already, mainly because I said to them, look here, when God gives a direction, you must be sure it is God because it may not look like God. God doesn't work inside our box. God owns the box. And so he does anything he wants. You can't map him. The Holy Spirit is like the wind. You can't tell where he's coming from, where he's going. That's not for you to decide. And so... God says to Omar, go um, to Hosea, go marry a prostitute. Now imagine a prophet, a prophet of God comes to tell you that God said I must take a woman from Back Street round in Portmore and Port Henderson Road. I said, can you imagine one mom come home and say, hey, church, I found my wife and everybody jump up and congratulations. I've learned when people tell me these good things, don't immediately congratulate. So, okay, tell me about what's up. I found my wife. And a carrier come and said, she's from Port Henderson Road. Yes, one night I stopped, she was selling, and I bought her and carried her home. Because that's what God told them. I was here to do, buy her, carry her home. Can you imagine our church in a mashup? Me, a prophet of God, marrying a prostitute. And then uh, when she go back out, the prostitute, God said, go back for her. What I tell God, Sam, Madam, I'm not doing them. <laughs> but then it's an instruction. And so you have to be assured for yourself. What does that look like? What does the voice of God do your Gideon? Don't be afraid. I didn't mind. I wasn't afraid. And not because you're having difficulty in the relationship means it's not God. Do not connote one with the other. Neither should you make them the same thing. They are not necessarily the same thing. All right? So, so we can be having difficulties and it's and it's because it's not God, but we can be having difficulties and it is God. 
which means then that we really need to just talk to God if we want to know which side of the fence it is. And it's not that it is God that is causing the difficulty. It's just that Aye. Have, it, yes. it, it, is, it is that he has allowed it. And, and, and I love to use coronavirus. He has allowed coronavirus to happen. And, and I'm telling persons, if you're not learning your lessons from coronavirus, some of you go and backslide because you feel if you're not in the sanctuary, you're not having church. But Joseph was out of, Eid, out of his father's teachings for so many years, experiencing the culture of Egypt, but didn't backslide. So you better have God inside of you for yourself so that when the situation arises, whatever the situation, whatever the difficulty, you can say, how oh, can I do this horrible thing and sin against my God? That you are being obedient. You are being obedient in the situation. And so... It's, it's very important. This issue or this contrast of father, husband, son that really encompass the entire gamut of who man is is very, very, very important. Surrender all the areas of your life. Women look for the unsurrendered. It's very important. I'm glad you brought that up because a, a quick question there before we close, um, Pastor Courtney. And again, um, thanks for agreeing to do a part two because you said that there's so much more to be said. This was so excellent and um, really has me thinking and I hope others will think too. But that word surrender, what does it look like? You say um, make sure that he doesn't have any unsurrendered areas. And, what does and, that mean? Surrender means, again, giving up and not be... The, this person, pride. Pride should be something that is absent. Pride is the greatest uh, inhibitor to surrendering. It, it doesn't allow you to confess where you are wrong. It allows you to believe that you are always right. And so if you have a gentleman who is not admitting to where he's wrong, he's unsurrendered. Pride brings with it a lot of company. You know, the ego is going to become enlarged. And for me, ego means edging God out. You know, that, that's for me what ego stands for, edging God out. You take him out of the equation. And the first Samuel 15, verse 22 and 23, actually says this for witchcraft is as a sin of I mean, disobedience is as a sin of witchcraft. And then the second part says stubbornness is as idolatry and iniquity. In other words, I'm trusting in myself that what I think is always so right. I become so stubborn that it becomes deep sin. It becomes iniquity. I become a God unto myself. So an, an unsurrendered man and an unsurrendered area is one where the gentleman is unwilling and doesn't show any signs of agreeing that something is wrong when it is clearly wrong. And you, you don't necessarily need to get the opinion of someone else. With, with the spirit of God on the inside, it, it will you will know. And even if you don't believe you have the spirit of God on the inside, sometimes some triggers, there are some alarms in your body that, if you want to call it gut feeling, that just says, yeah, um, no. And so he has to be humble. If he is not a humble individual, you're seeing something that is unsurrendered. You're seeing a person that is unsurrendered. Uh, I believe also pride 
prevents you from being compassionate because the word compassionate, you're seeing someone who's compassionate. I'm not talking about affection, I'm talking about compassion. I actually looked up the meaning of that word and it means putting myself in the place of the other individual. In other words, it, it is a little bit higher. It's a stronger word for empathy. And so Jesus had compassion on us that he gave himself for us and put himself in our place. You know, that's what compassion is. It's a strong emotion that says, hey, I will do this for you. That, that same husband spirit that says, I am willing to die for you is what must be seen. You know, there are times that I might, as, even as a man, I must be willing to give up what I might believe is right for the good of what I see happening. I don't always have to prove I'm right. If a gentleman is always proving that he's right, unsurrendered, unsurrendered here. If he's not willing to listen to you, unsurrendered. Because he's supposed to be building you up. Unsurrendered. You know, matter up big? I may have to go back and you know, point out some things in my own life. Unsurrendered. Okay? Not everything Karen said. I said, no. <laughs> you understand? And as we say, it's it's progress. It's, it's, it's that we are under construction. But women... As you yourself are under construction, you have to look out for the telltale sign. A man is a man when he reflects the image of God and his likeness. Without that, and that covers the entire gamut of emotions. A real man emotes effectively. He doesn't keep it locked upon the inside. But again, that's part of the wrong culture and teaching that has caused that. And it needs to change. Women came out of men. Therefore, God did not give women our emotions and call them women because he gave them our emotions. <laughs> no, he didn't. And our emotions are not ungodly. Men, you need to know that. Our emotions are not ungodly. God gave us his emotions. We are created in his image. God emotes. He cries. He can be insulted. Yes? He groans. He has emotions. He laughs. He sits in there and laughs. Ha ha. He has emotions. And that's what makes him a person. Wow. Well, you know, Pastor Courtney, I really appreciate um, all of this because, again, I think as women, we need to start to reflect on who this man ought to be, who he should represent, reflect, what he should be like, how should he speak behave and so on and um too often we, I, I don't think we understand it and so we make mistakes you know and and as you said earlier on it's it's to our detriment you know it's to our detriment and so i i, I think at the end of it all this really gives us a do you hear my dog like yeah. this guy <laughs> <laughs> I guess he's just saying, yes, you guys are speaking things that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, but um, I think you have given us some solid, solid, solid um, things, uh, concepts, ideas, truths is the word I should use to really, to, to really muse over, you know. 
um, really meditate on because we have, to, we have to, as women, do things differently in how we choose because marriage is about purpose. And so if we choose from a wrong place, that, 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 that messes up purpose at the end of the day, you know? Oh. And, and of course, we have to consider our physical, emotional, spiritual, and so on, well-being as well. So I, I, I'm really grateful for these solid truths that you have shared. And I thank you very, very much. Can I tell you, I didn't touch the controversial because I know if I touched it, we would be here. I, I didn't touch homosexuality. Yeah. A lot of our women. I still hug my son and he's 22. I, I didn't stop kissing him on his forehead until he grows six foot tall where I have to reach up to him, you know? And, and show him that, you know, loving and caring is a part of who you are. But I didn't touch the homosexuality tonight because a lot of our women actually become homosexual because of a conflict in our mind as to how we should emote and the behaviors we should reflect. And that's what causes it. Transgender, the same thing. That's a topic unto itself. Well, I look forward to you touching it next time, I hope. <laughs> well, thanks so much, Pastor Courtney. Um, as I said, I really appreciate it. It was excellent, excellent truths that we have to muse on, for sure. Thank you for having me. It's an honor and a privilege. Anything for you? Thank you for listening to Smart, Fabulous and Single. If you loved it, please download, subscribe, rate and share it. Then head over to our website at www.sfswoman.com to access show notes and other fantastic bonus content and resources and to sign up as a guest. You can also sign up to continue the conversation in our Facebook group. If you want to share topic ideas, email me at pod at sfswoman.com. Okay, so thanks again. And don't forget to join me for new episodes, Mondays to Fridays. You can also connect with me on FB and IG at smart, fabulous, and single. And remember, what you have on the inside of you is far greater than your circumstances, weaknesses, and fears. So you already have everything you need to live life successfully.